You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome to the show. This is Eli Steenledge, and I have with me tonight our uh, special agent, our special correspondent, Ben <laughs> Grisanti, uh, with us again. How's it going today? Good. good. Uh, very good. Yeah, I had a very productive day of working on my comic books. Nice. And I'm um, excited to get into it about Twin Peaks. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for being back with us. Absolutely. I felt like we needed to do kind of like a mid-season um, conversation on what's been happening because there there really is so much kind of going on in the show. Um, and then we'll probably do like a, a series recap or a follow-up at the end of the series as well. I think that'd be good. But yeah, I was just feeling the need to talk about what was going on even in these uh, next episodes since we, uh, since we watched it. So we'll be discussing mainly through episode 10, planning to make it like exactly halfway, but uh, I got sick last week, so we had to postpone this. So we get an extra episode to talk about um this time we'll probably probably when this goes live there'll be another one out too there probably will be yeah yeah Yeah. this will be like early next week so sunday we're gonna have a new one yeah so it'll be a little farther along but i think we're uh we're at a good halfway sort of point um nothing too huge happened since you know episode nine so it should be good so to kind of get us moving here a little bit and kind of talk about this, I wanted to kind of bring up maybe any sort of larger themes we've been noticing in this series, maybe uh, in comparison to the original series or new themes that we kind of see brought out. Last time I was kind of mentioning about David Lynch's theory on just how he views society. One of the major things I've seen is both Gordon Cole as sort of Gordon Cole and Tammy as this replacement for Agent Cooper and Sheriff Truman. Like I kind of realized I was missing that dynamic in the show, but then it was actually kind of been replaced by by David Lynch himself in the episodes. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of a stand in. He's kind of representing the new sort of seeker of truth and justice in the show. Um, But he's kind of like, you know, going all over the U S to do, to do this thing. And, uh, and, and, you know, it is interesting that a lot of people would talk about how agent Cooper was like a stand in for Lynch himself in the original series. Um, and now he's kind of like directly placed himself as kind of that, that position in there. Um, yeah. So it really just kind of like, it draws attention to the fact that it's David Lynch. Yeah. Like every time he's on screen. And so, I always like find myself kind of looking at Gordon Cole and looking at his actions and trying to find like some sort of meta textual, you know, some mm. sort of something about Gordon Cole that kind of bleeds into our world. Yeah. Um, like I, I was looking kind of, I was looking for a hidden meaning when he was, when we were introduced to him and he says, these are the, you know, these are, the, <laughs> these, these are the evidence that we have in the case of this involving the Senator or whatever. And yeah. Like, and it pans, the camera pans past like all these things. And I'm like, what is, <laughs> what is right. he trying to tell us with right. And it's just, it's, it comes from watching his movies and because his movies can sometimes be, uh, I don't know what's a diplomatic way of putting it, uh, like a little difficult to digest sometimes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, 
And so, like, like his presence, like, for me, it primes me to think about it, to think about things in a creative way. Because mm. I know he's bringing this, like, sort of uh, transcendental meditation, dream mm-hmm. state uh, perspective to it. Yeah. So, But I also feel like that's very well balanced out by the strong narrative that the series actually does have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think it also, there's a lot of humor in the series in general, sort of balanced with these more metaphysical things and kind of the darker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really enjoy uh, Gordon Cole's, like, He's he's got this hearing device and there's kind of this running joke where, you know, he pulls Elbert aside and is like, let's talk through this like nobody else can hear them. But he's talking so loud that, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> of course, everybody is hearing their, their plans and thoughts. Um, but, but I also like almost this meta element of him giving us a chance to be like, hey, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Let's take a second to uh, to talk through this and get the audience up to speed. Um, and even at one point, you know, early on, they said, like, you know, we don't really know what's going on here, um, which is another good sort of inside uh, thing in those first episodes to kind of tell us, like, we probably feel like we don't know what's going on either. Right. Yeah, precisely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as uh, far as themes and like places, I didn't really expect yeah. it to go. Like, I wasn't expecting us to, like, go to uh, July 16th, 1945. White no. New Mexico no, no. <laughs> to, the, uh, to the atomic bomb detonation. That was the last thing I ever would have connected to Twin Peaks. Yep. Um, it's really surprising to see that happen. And the way that it unfolded as well. Like there's this really strong, like in that ep- episode eight, which I think mm-hmm. got a lot of people talking. Yeah. Was there's this really strong narrative break. We have uh, a full song from the nine inch nails. Yep. And then it just, everything just like breaks off at that point. And it's just, <laughs> It goes in a completely different direction mid-episode. Right. Yeah, it did seem like the Nine Inch Nails were almost signaling like, hey, this is the end of what's normal. Cause that's, this is our act break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kind of been the end of normal episodes, and this yeah. is going into this little uh, intermission piece um, that we flow. Sort of like his Terrence Malick moment with uh, the Tree of Life. <laughs> we flow into right. this middle section. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that episode eight since you brought it up. I mean, initially, what was your sort of experience with it, like watching that episode? It was just a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, at first. And it's this is obviously what this was a mythology heavy episode. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think I didn't like I said, I did not expect it to go uh, in that direction. And I didn't expect the mythology to be as grandiose as it ended up being. Right. That I always felt like even though. Even though there was there was always this element of the spirit world and how it like interacted with the town of Twin Peaks, it always felt very localized, uh, as if this was just like this was the town, like it was the 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 soul of the town that they were fighting over. That was the that was the the big subtext, right? Of like everything that was going on, and this is obviously just has expanded it to really everything, uh, mm-hmm. like <laughs> at this point, right? Um, and. Um, the other thing that I noticed is that we see that it, it brought into new light going back to Gordon Cole is like when mm-hmm. we see his office, he's got the uh, the picture of the, the atomic bomb going on like behind him. Yep. 
You know, and then on the other side of his office is a picture of Franz Kafka. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which somebody online pointed out. I did not immediately recognize I didn't Franz see that either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's our mythology. And it's like. Right. So suddenly we have all these things. We see the convenience store. Mm-hmm. which um i Don't mean you, fire walk it's with been, me yeah, yeah the, the, we have this convenience store mentioned when um mike one-armed man is talking about living above a convenience store with bob mm-hmm. um so okay this convenience store doesn't have a building above it but it's also the 40s so it, i mean it could have yeah. been built afterward mm-hmm. like expanded we have these the woodsman characters which i have inter- i interpreted as like evil spirits so yeah is it that this the, the atomic explosion has unleashed this uh, these evil spirits into the world, mm-hmm. uh, or like were they already there? They were just spurred into motion. But whatever right. the, whatever the case is, it's, I mean, we definitely see where Bob is being sent off into the world. Some like strange mm-hmm. um, umbilicus like monster that sort of like spits it out. Yeah, which uh, I thought maybe may or may not be the mother. That we see from the the glass box sequence, it, it definitely has a strong resemblance to each other. Um, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. That's a little. That's unknown at this point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if we'll get more answers on some of those things. I mean, it does kind of seem to be returning. I think that episode is a weird experience of like, sort of first watching it. A lot of it didn't make sense you know mm-hmm. um i mean we do see some of those things like bob coming out like you said of this spewing out of this being into the world and stuff like that and and you it's odd i don't know if i've ever had this sort of experience where it's this sort of oblique but you still like pull references from like yes this is a gas station but you know you can pull that other references from it to kind of start to make some connections in this mythology it also started to make more i don't know if it makes more sense but the mythology comes together more i started reading the secret history of twin peaks mm-hmm. and um i felt a lot more like it almost reads like these x-files cases mm-hmm. in american yeah. history that eventually link up to kind of the region of Twin Peaks and some of the regions we encounter in the new series. Um, but it it started to make more sense to me that they were going back, you know, in the book it goes back to uh, first encounters with Native Americans in this area mm-hmm. and some of their um, spiritual mythology and things like that and kind of tying it in as we saw in the original series. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that Mark Frost and David Lynch are expanding the story in such a huge way, mm-hmm. kind of this American mythology. Which I, I like it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it makes me nervous uh, because I liked the way it, it, the series has worked previously as something very localized. Yeah. So yeah. there's a there's a lot of mythology in that episode eight mm-hmm. uh, where we see we see the giant which I'm assuming is in what I'm assuming is the white lodge. Yeah. Which we haven't seen before. And we see, we see, we have a sequence of him like witnessing the birth of Bob. Mm -hmm. And then as kind of a response to that, uh, sending Laura off into the world, I guess. Right. seems to be, you know, where that is. Yeah. Yeah. 
very directly, like, uh, you know, we see her reflection in this gold ball. I can't, mm-hmm. like, I'm having a hard time recalling the sequence, but it's very artfully done. It's a very yeah. beautiful sequence. Right. But the end result is that definitely the, the, the giant is sending her to Earth, which is ha, has a very kind of like monomyth element to it. Um, mm-hmm. And this, like, this was something that I kind of saw coming. Like, I know we, last time we talked a little bit about my fan theory yeah. about how Laura was going to be. Laura's like this Christ figure and mm-hmm. she's going to return to save the day. Right. And there's all this, like, there's these clues in, like, Fire Walk With Me where it's, it feels like the spirits of the Lodge are sort of, they're coming to her to let her know that she is among them, that, mm. that she belongs with them, mm. that she is of of their ilk. She's their, you know, you know like the um, the little man from another place introduces her as his cousin. Yeah. Right? And so, so she's... And in the family, yeah. Yeah, they've kind of hinted at Laura being special mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And this more or less confirms it. Yeah. So my interpretation of it was that we see we see this this you know ball of light that mm-hmm. contains Laura go to earth that and this corresponds with evil being unleashed into the world in the mm-hmm. form of the nuclear explosion which I guess either spurs or creates the woodsmen who are bad guys. Yeah. Um, the woodsmen are going out into the world and the, like his line is always, have you got a light? Have you got a light? <laughs> I, I interpreted that as him looking for Bob mm. and Bob is this Bob because Bob is primordial fire. Yeah, that's right. It's always fire walk with me with Bob. He's a, he's a fire spirit. Mm-hmm. So, and since we've already seen like at the beginning of this episode, we see how the woodsman and Bob kind of worked, are working together. Right. But there's something special about with the evil Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so since the whole sequence is in black and white, but I interpreted, we have this like frog beetle thing that gets Mm -hmm. hatched. I interpreted that as being the gold ball, like becomes Uh, an egg coming into the world. Yeah. It's since it's black and white, there's not really, it's not, you know, it can't really be confirmed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it would make sense that, you know, especially if we're thinking of these, like these mythological constructs that, we have uh, this gold ball being sent to Earth by like a benevolent deity in the form of the giant mm-hmm. that that is then unhatched and finds a like a virginial woman mm-hmm. who is like uh, you know on the cusp of adulthood. Right, crawls down her throat. Is that was that Sarah Palmer? Yeah, Does that's this, the theory. Is this yeah. Eventually, going to lead immediately to like Laura's birth, um, which we don't have confirmation on yet, but that mm-hmm. certainly does seem to be what the, case the indication was. yeah 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 there's a few things uh details i want to mention in this uh it seems that the giant has a different label in the credits he's a bunch of question marks mm-hmm. yep. and it was discovered in the music um for the series that he uh was labeled as the fireman which uh again fits with the theme of you know if we uh see these sort of evil spirits as the woodsmen going out into the world that, um, and asking for a light and kind of try to start this fire. Um, that may be Bob, that he's, he's sort of trying to fight the fire mm-hmm. and putting Laura or, or some good spirit out into the world to, to combat that. Yeah. Um, and there's this alarm going sense. off too. Like he's responding yeah. specifically he's responding to, to an alarm, mm-hmm. which is fireman kind of, yeah. Kind of yeah. vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And and certainly I think we're especially with episode ten, we're seeing that Laura is still sort of haunting uh sort of our our dimension or our world still, that she appears to Gordon Cole in some way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. or he sees that. So there's and and the name of the episode, uh, and with the log lady's comments, definitely hints that something is sort of happening with Laura that's mm-hmm. gonna be important for what's coming. No, we really uh, haven't seen the things. last the last of her by any means. Like right. She's not she hasn't just gone out of the series, which is I think part of the problem is that in the original in season two, after it's revealed mm-hmm. who her killer is, it just kinda it sort of goes away. And it's like right. you get the sense that maybe Laura is not all that important to the series. Yeah. But then of course after that we've got Player Walk with me come out, which is all Laura all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, there are there are all these clues about her being kind of a deity or being somewhat mm-hmm. deific, I guess, in the series. Um, like showing her juxtaposed with the angel at the end of that. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it feels like that's what it's like working toward. But uh, like, and I don't like, I don't think the rest of the show is necessarily counter to that. But mm-hmm. I, I, what I like about the, everything that I like about this new series is all the other stuff. Like the mythology is neat. Yeah. But for me, what where the show exists is in sort of the pr- pl- police procedural element to it. Like mm-hmm. these characters that are being introduced in, in Las Vegas, yeah, are all very compelling, very interesting characters. Mm-hmm. So is like the you know the Gordon Cole team. Yep, I think Albert, there's great and inter- interaction and and Tammy. We should we should talk yeah. about Diane. <laughs> we should yeah, talk yeah. About the Diane reveal. We need to talk about Diane. Yeah, when that happened, like I gasped. <laughs> right. I did not see that coming. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, it's Diane. It was such a great introduction for her, too. Um, yeah. That she's sort of like this, you know, noir sort of femme fatale character almost. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're doing. And then when they go to her house and meet with her, um, she, she just brings a lot of energy and fun, I think, kind of livens up those characters. Uh, I like how. Yeah. She just sort of like doesn't take any piss from anybody, you know. She totally displaces Albert as right. the the contentious one. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Albert's got that great fuck Gene Kelly motherfucker line. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like walking through the rain and um, Yeah. Oh, he's just got so many good moments. But yeah, she completely displaces him as being the grumpy mm-hmm. the grumpy individual. And we still don't know quite what her deal is. I think um I think it's sort of hinted at that something went down between her and Evil Cooper. Right. And it's also suggested after the last episode, which what yeah. are we up to 10? Was it 10? 10 yeah, was the last episode. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was wondering how you feel about this because definitely when she goes to see, um, you know, Mr. C, Evil Cooper in the prison, that is like a very emotional a uh, rough scene to watch. Like you, yeah. you get the sense that there is some bad stuff that went on between, mm-hmm. between them last time they were together. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is a hard thing for her to do. But in these last episodes, we get these hints that she may be working with him or for him, whether it's, you know, um, or with the you know, lodge entities in general. Yeah. Like, because yeah. Mr. C is, is somewhat at odds with like, whatever Philip Jeffries is mm-hmm. and however South America or Central America is um, 
plays into it. Plays into mm-hmm. whatever their structure is for whatever what their quote unquote organization is. Yeah. So she's she's certainly connected to that, but yeah, there seems to be some inner turmoil in terms of that, which makes me think again that like Bob is like like the others, the other people that are of the spirit world mm. are kind of working against Bob because he's off the rails more right. or less. Right. And uh, he's cheating them out of their Garmabosia or something. Do you, really do you have the feeling that um, in that episode eight where Mr. C is shot that Bob left him? Um, was that your interpretation? Because I know when he was in prison, he kind of checked to make sure Bob was still with him. And it seemed like there was this orb thing that came out of him um, with Bob. I don't know. It's just uh, a theory that maybe he's he's kind of on his own now and Bob might be loose or um Yeah, that could be. I something. hadn't actually yeah. thought of that, but yeah. it does seem like we've got a couple characters in Twin Peaks proper that are mm-hmm. kind of being set up as the next vessels for Bob. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we've got um, Richard Horn. Right. right. Another another online commenter kind of pointed out that he's a lot like Frank Booth hmm. from uh, from Blue Velvet. Like, I okay. Totally, yeah, yeah. I totally see that. He's a that lot like true. Frank Booth. Yeah. He's got that same kind of like energy about him, that same kind of like wolfish insanity, that manic. Yep. Just flies kind of into psychopathy. The yeah. Yeah. We've got, what's the other guy's name? I can't think of that's with Becky. This uh, strung out yep. dude. I can't remember his name either. Yeah. So I'll he's definitely set up. Okay. I mean, um, I think that's interesting too because especially in this series, it seems like the young people are the ones that are really sort of like corrupted and kind of uh deprived and and things like that and it's kind of the older generation like even kind of like what the the log lady was kind of saying about you know the uh the sheriffs you know they are the true men um kind of these older uh Mm -hmm. classic men that are standing up for good um and i i think that's in contrast to the original series, which kind of saw like this, these older generation as the ones, you know, the fathers and of these teens that were the ones that were involved in all kinds of, um, you know, uh, sinful acts and things like that in the city. Uh, yeah. even though certainly the teenagers were getting into trouble too, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I suppose it could be, you know, David Lynch's age, difference too that he was a younger man at the time and now he's older and you know his character is is injected you know he's injecting himself into the story um kind of as holding up these older ideals and things like that but yeah i don't know i mean uh i think another way i was thinking maybe a theme could be too that you know ben horn and bobby and people like this they seem to be sort of like having some sort of redemption um, Bobby, you know, I think it was surprising to see him as a policeman yeah. and he, he seems to be really enjoying, you know, um, you know, these messages from his father that he's getting and kind of remembering their kind of relationship together, which in the original series, we just saw this total disconnect between major Briggs and Bobby that mm-hmm, they were yeah. not connecting, but now he's really relishing that, um, returning to that. And then, Ben Horn sort of rejecting these these passes from you know Ashley Judd's character completely um, changed because he's yeah very much a miscreant in the first yeah in the first series you know it's so, kind of like sometimes like he kind of comes around like towards the end but he's certainly set up as a bad guy 
Yeah, yeah. And so maybe we're getting, you know, the the sort of the the sins of these this older generation is getting passed on in these kids. And and I don't know if there's a clear indication, but we I think there's an implied that possibly Mr. C visited Audrey as well. You know, yeah. there was the talk about her being in the coma and he yeah. went to visit her. So right. we don't know. Which hopefully that... that is not where Richard Horn came from. Right, right. I was very like, like I live possible. in dread of that. Yeah, I know. But it's entirely possible. He's sort definitely of tainted Audrey. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but let's hope that's not the case. That's I think it's case. um I think it's also possible that it could be Donna's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's certain things about the way he's framed. Mm-hmm. that sort of suggests that it might be Donna's son. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I guess it remains yet to be seen. How would she end up with the name or how he would end up with the name Horn? With the name yeah, Horn. That, and Yeah. Yeah. Knowing his grandmother and stuff. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, he is, is certainly a mes- menacing character. Um, yeah, especially very much in, so. <laughs> in that last episode in episode 10. Yeah, it was just awful. Yeah, <laughs> just like really yep. difficult, really, so, really tough. So, so far, you know, grandmother he's, and like, yeah. he's ran over a child and uh, <laughs> killed a woman in the trailer. Murdered somebody in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah assaulted his grandmother. And um, robbed his grandmother, yeah. Yeah, so. Which was just like an unnerving scene for like a number of reasons. Like, you've got that, like, hello, Johnny. How are you today? <laughs> like, robot. In like, the background, yeah. constantly. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Really difficult, really difficult to watch. Um, I still can't find that guy's name. I gotta try to find that dude's name. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to remember our, our junkie character. Uh, let's yeah, see. I hope to see more from them. Uh, I didn't really know what to think when they were first introduced, but that shot of um, oh, I'm forgetting the actress's name too, or the character. Uh, Becky, but Shelley, Shelley's daughter, yeah, yeah, Becky. Shelley's daughter is Becky. Um, where that that camera just goes to that overhead shot of her in the car. Um, yeah. just seem like classic sort of Lynch and Twin Peaks, you know, that moment that we kind of see, uh, how important <laughs> those sort of moments are to kind of bring us back to Twin Peaks. But I think again, we kind of see that's almost a continuation of, you know, Shelley's relationship with Leo and the children are kind of falling into these, uh, these same things. Mm-hmm. These same sort um, of patterns. Yeah. So the character's name is, uh, Steven who is with Becky Becky who we know as uh being Shelly's daughter. Yeah, Sleazy and Steven, it, right? Yeah. Sleazy Steven, that's a good yeah. way to remember that. <laughs> but yeah, he shows up he shows up in the latest episode kind of in a domestic dispute with Becky and it it seems like it's the same like I'm not sure if it's ex- exactly the same trailer lot that we saw with Teresa Banks in Fire Walk mm. with Me, um, but I mean that certainly it certainly shows who our women in peril are, which is nothing new for David Lynch. It's like if you know Lynch, yeah, you know, it's, it's oftentimes it's like a woman in peril kind of thing, which yeah, often often to his discredit. Um, yeah, I mean, we see a lot just in that episode. We see a lot of women in abusive sort of relationships in some means, you know, abusive um, situations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's part of it. And I mean, even like uh, this is <laughs> there's sort of some of my new favorite characters, but 
I don't really know what's going on with the two brothers in Vegas and these three like cocktail waitresses that the Mitchums. Yeah, the Mitchum yeah. brothers, which of course brings to mind Robert Mitchum. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of that like immediately, like manly yep. guy, manly guys. You know? Yeah, very manly. Yeah. One of my favorite shots was when we see Candy and the two other, uh, the two other uh, cocktail waitresses or showgirls or whatever. I think showgirls. Yeah. When the you, first when time you see we them, them, the first time we see them, and they're in that office, and they're just kind of like leaned up against the wall. I thought it was very beautiful. Yeah. It was like one she, of those instances where it was just like this. There's just some great photography going on. Mm-hmm. It was before we had any any inkling that they were going to be. Uh, characters, anything really. more? Yeah, I just yeah. kind of got the impression that they were they were there for decoration, and it just presented a good opportunity to just kind of uh, have like a nice photograph, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> like yeah. of the scene. Something else is going on in the room, and I love this yeah. uh, sort of like thing she does with her hand, like waving it very mm-hmm. smoothly. Yeah. You remember that? And then yeah, she yeah, yeah. Of, well, she's like kind of like lost in another world. It's like what yep. she's looking at. And, um, and I love that they kind of bring that back, and then she. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's totally going on with her, but she when they send her out on the floor and she's like just chatting away with the guy and supposed to be bringing him back. Um, yeah, it was really a funny moment. And then they're just talking about the air conditioning. Apparently, she was telling him. Yeah, um, right. But she's yeah, just she's oblivious to place. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love the comment uh, that you know there's a like where where else would we do with her? Like, <laughs> where else is yeah. she gonna go if we she's not employed here, in this job? But. Um, yeah, I know one thing you want to bring up is this sort of, uh, thread through David Lynch's films of this sort of women in abusive, uh, abusive situations or relationships. And I recently rewatched Blue Velvet mm-hmm. and, uh, which is in kind of contrast to, I think in some ways, what I was talking about earlier, how we see this younger generation in the new series who seems more corrupted in the older people who are kind of holding on to this moral code where in like mm-hmm. blue velvet, it was kind of the opposite. And we see, mm-hmm. you know, Laura Dern and Kyle MacLachlan are sort of these innocents. Um, even though Kyle MacLachlan is certainly like drawn into this dark world and sort of enjoys it. But, um, yeah, we see like uh, a totally different levels there, but but it's really whatever perspective David Lynch is from. This is the moral high ground, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> it's really pretty much how he's, he's looking just, at it. Yeah, yeah. If he's like viewing himself as like the younger character, the Kyle MacLachlan character, like in Blue Velvet, which is how I've always read Blue Velvet. Like it always just yeah. me like you know he's off at like art school him. and he comes back to his small town <laughs> and this is sort of like his like his fantasy of like meeting a mysterious woman who's in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship and. You know, that his, like, that character being contrasted against the Laura Dern character. Right. Uh, as kind of a Madonna in the horror sort of construct. Mm-hmm. And just being, like, kind of, oh, like, kind of self-indulgent. As beautiful as it is and as good of a movie that it is, it does come off, at least in my opinion, as being yeah. a little self-indulgent. Yep. Um, him kind of casting himself as sort of a Mary Sue character, or what we would know now as a Mary Sue character, like, in the film. Right. And um, we see that, I mean, and then I think like Lost Highway sort of throws a wrench in that where you see, Hmm. you see the same trope sort of popped up. You have like a Frank Booth-esque character, but it's actually in this fantasy world created for, um, for the, um, it's a fantasy world created by a guy who is a destructive, murderous, Hmm. misogynist character. So it's like within that world. Like it's it's sort of like casting doubt on, it's like the it's like the the permutation of like 
Blue Velvet, only now we're kind of like stepping away from Blue Velvet and recognizing that Blue Velvet is itself kind of a fantasy of coming from sort of a, a, a dark place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, that's how I viewed it. Like I just recently just watched like those movies, like mm-hmm. uh, again, and it just like, it just feels like it feels that way. And it feels like a lot of the David Lynch movies sort of like move in this, um, uh, along this trajectory where they're, they're always kind of like referencing each other and they're kind of like in conversation with each other. Yeah. Quite a lot. And I don't know another filmmaker who can kind of balance all these different tones that we especially see in this new Twin Peaks series um, where, you know, in the same episode, it can just bounce between sort of totally absurd and funny moments and really uh, dark moments like we saw with Richard and his grandmother Mm -hmm. and Johnny um, or like running over a child. And Mm -hmm. so it can just kind of bounce between these or something very like, uh, gentle and emotional um, that we might see in characters. And I think that's just really hard to pull off uh, seeing these different moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, as, it, as it's going on, I mean, I, I don't quite feel the same way, but my wife's been watching it with me and she's not like super into it or uh, as familiar with the original series. But mm-hmm. she recently said, like, she had to admit to me that, like, certain scenes were just felt really, like, film school student quality. Sure. And, yeah. Um, and I, I can certainly see that, like, in some of the acting. And he's using, like, long takes, which I think can be kind of an amateur. You know, I mean, like, unless it's handled well, like, it just kind of feels like some of these actors are reciting their lines. Um I've always kind of felt that way about David Lynch films yeah. like in general is that there's a certain mm-hmm. rigidity to the acting and to what he gets out yep. of actors and the certain performances, which mm-hmm. I, you know, giving him every benefit of the doubt is like, to me sort of like speaks to uh, the construct of the film. Like mm. it, it draws attention to itself as a film. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, Peaks, I think this new Twin Peaks is really not any different. Yeah. Yeah. Regard. I, my yeah. favorite moments are like these, there are these like groups of characters that are just like popping up that I think are just like really just a lot of fun. Like the detectives mm-hmm. in yep. Las Vegas, the whole the episode of them. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the, the, the brothers, there's the guys in the detectives in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. There's like just all these like kind of like aggregates of, of like characters that just present these like really fun, interesting scenes like with each other. And I just get like a really good sense of like who they are. And to me, those are the most enjoyable moments. Like the mythology is interesting and it's fun to go into it. Mm -hmm. But the most enjoyable moments are when the characters, when, when we see that level of characterization, like on screen, just like anything involving Albert. Yeah. Albert is great. great. And he's got like a love Mm -hmm. interest now. It's just a really sweet (laughs) moment where they're like, Gordon Cole is like spying on his, uh, Albert and his, uh, morgue worker friend. (laughs) the only woman that can understand him yeah yeah they they understand each other yeah they they have immediate chemistry like when they meet right yeah yeah she's very smart and obviously good at her job so he can kind of respect her yeah he respects Um, that because he's he's a stickler for good forensics and she knows it yeah so (laughs) yeah i mean i think there's this weird balance with uh, David Lynch that in this series that he's there's definitely this big mythology sort of like hovering over the show but 
he's he's really always more interested in these sort of weird quirky characters and moments between characters you know that um that he tries to bring out and i think this the series is just like a collection of those moments kind of mm-hmm. that <laughs> we have to kind of make sense out of some story or narrative but um, it's where it's it's most yeah. fun you know yep. like how long yep. how long has ben horn been lost in the woods <laughs> right it's been like, days and days has that been days yeah it's hard to say and then we uh and then the, was that two episodes ago episode nine where we just get the one sort of i don't even know if it was a full minute of him like staring at his foot his foot mm-hmm. telling him that i'm not it's your not, foot i'm not your foot yeah in <laughs> yeah. the sort of squeaky voice yeah it was just like mm-hmm. totally out of the blue and hilarious um these like we have glimpses of all ones. these characters that, like, with, if, without the introduction that you would have in the first series, it would conce- it would seem completely out of place. Like yeah. Doctor Doctor Jacoby and his shit shovels, his golden shit shovels. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's her name? The, the the run silent run drapes. Yeah, that was a great. <laughs> like that took me a moment too. Like when they showed the front of her store, and I was like, "What am I?" Wait a second. <laughs> Why am I remembering? Yeah. 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 I yeah, yeah. It, what was really funny Something is that like... I was thinking about that movie completely randomly before yeah. I saw that episode. And I was like, oh, my God. They made a Nadine, run silent, yeah. run deep. Yeah, Nadine. Run Nadine, silent, yeah. run deep reference. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I, I think it's so funny that she's like his biggest fan, you know, listening on the radio right. and selling yeah. his shovel in, in her window. And um this so ranting that just doesn't qu- doesn't quite make sense. Like, yep. And and it seems like there, especially with this last episode, or the last few, that there is. Do you get the sense, kind of, this convergence of things happening, um, yeah. where these characters are getting more and more connected to each other? Um, we're slowly getting revealed more characters. I think in Twin Peaks, like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of we're finally getting that world filled back out. Uh, do you think that we are returning back there kind of full steam um, before the show ends? Or do you think it's going to kind of continue on this cross-country uh, I think momentum? It has to, yeah, I think it kind of has to go back to Twin Peaks. I yeah. think that's where we're going to see our big like our big mm-hmm. finale. Uh, and, and I'm expect, I'm definitely expecting a finale. Like, yeah. I'm expecting it all to wrap up. I'm expecting some sense to be made of it. I don't quite know how Laura is going to return. She's mm-hmm. obviously, she's appearing to Gordon Cole now. Mm-hmm. Gordon Cole is right. like doodling some stag. <laughs> For like a something. Creature, like yeah. Yeah, like it means something, but I'm yeah. not sure what at this point. You know, I like why, yeah. I like looking at David Lynch's drawings though. <laughs> Do you think, um, are you tiring of the sort of Dougie storyline yet? Like his just completely slow process of coming out of himself or are you still yeah it's like it's a little enjoying unnerving, that? isn't it yeah. yeah like i i very much like the las vegas scenes mm-hmm. but it's really after a while you just you really just want him to snap out of it yeah he, i just kind of wonder when that is going to happen like i thought it was going to happen when he tasted coffee but not quite and he's like he's constantly he's looking at law like people involved in like law right it's like trying to remember something trying to remember something What's going to happen is that they took his fingerprints. Remember, the detectives in Las Vegas took his fingerprints. They're going to end up running it, and it's going to generate the same kind of ping that it did when they got Evil Cooper. Right. So I'm guessing Gordon Cole's team is then going to end up in Las Vegas, and they're going to find him. And they're going to to realize that this is is the real Cooper. Yeah, and I didn't know. Also, they seem to make a point of 
the two Mitchum brothers are watching the news and he shows up on the news as well, which I don't know. That looked like local news, but I don't know if that will get around to the FBI as well. Yeah, like that'll um, end up coming around to it, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's any number of ways, but that seems to be what's gonna happen. Yeah. And it's also funny this sort of inadvertent like everybody after Dougie that seems like it's coming to <laughs> like mm-hmm. the guys from the casino and um Ike the Spike was after him, you know, um Mr. C seems to be sending people to take care of uh Dougie at some point um to be able to do that. But yeah, I think things are definitely starting to come together. I did like the moment of uh, Dougie at the police station and he's, you know, staring at the American flag and we kind of hear America the Beautiful kind of in the mm-hmm. background. And then it's just this sequence of events that he sees the red shoes and then the light socket, uh, electrical yeah. socket, just like of him sort of processing these things that are important to him from his past and trying what to he put stands it all for. Yeah, yeah. Trying to put it together in one way or another. Yeah, I just yeah, think so it's definitely a is something that's fun happening. It's just it's hard to like you got to It's just the patience that it <laughs> you got to give it time. Yeah, you, yeah, you really want that Cooper back. I know I really yeah. want that Cooper back. Yeah, right. And there's I, other I like think... weird like weird scenes, like the scene with Tim Roth, which is just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, their yeah. acting style. Um, yeah, uh, with Jennifer Jason Lee is yeah is really great. Yeah. It's like give the boss some sugar or whatever. <laughs> yeah. What kind of bizarre down. dynamic is this? It's just so strange. I wonder if we're gonna see him again. I hope we do. But uh I like I very much liked seeing Tim Roth. I did not know he was gonna yeah. be in the series. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um I also can't wait to see Audrey come back. I know. Oh my god. So, uh, talk about yeah. talk about things everybody's dying for. It's like where is Audrey? Like what yep. is gonna happen? Yep. It better be worth it at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully like, not just you... like the very last episode or something. Yeah. Um. So we wanted to mention some of our favorite moments from the series so far, and we I know we've mentioned a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, I do think those three sort of uh, showgirls or cocktail waitresses um, are becoming really entertaining characters, and for some reason they always have to be in sort of their uniforms, even when mm-hmm. they're you know at home with the two brothers, uh, just constantly making them drinks. But just yeah, that sort of funny relationship they have, whatever it is. So yeah, one of my other favorite moments was like the computer writing rising out of Sheriff Truman's desk when he's going to make like this video Skype call. I like that they mentioned Skype directly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, have you used Skype before? Um, so, uh, yeah. And I guess they surprised Robert Forrester <laughs> with that. I heard an interview with him and he didn't know that the computer was going to come out of the desk. And so he was entertained by that as well. <laughs> um, That's pretty funny. Yeah. It was just sort of this creation of David Lynch, I think. Um, and I like, seeing more and more of the police station there and some mm-hmm. of the interactions. Um, I like the Bobby scene with the secret message. Yeah. Like that, the whole sequence of them, like, okay, so we've got the, <laughs> the screen comes out of the chair. The secret yeah. message, or the screen comes out of the desk. The secret message comes out of a chair. Right. And then Bobby just lets him kind of figure, like worry about it for a minute. And he's like, I, I don't know how to open it. Yeah. I enjoyed that scene. Like these scenes of people working together. Right. He just, creates like a really interesting dynamic. You've got the guys in Twin Peaks. Yeah. You've got the detectives, like these procedural kind of things. Yep. The detectives in Las Vegas and you've got the Gordon Cole team. Mm-hmm. Like it just presents this like really interesting kind yeah. of moment. 
I love um, that uh, Bobby lets them go into the boardroom to figure it out and then just like lets them know that they have to go back outside. <laughs> yeah, it's like we got to go back outside yeah. after they kick Chad out. Right. Everybody. Yeah, Chad. Everybody's Everybody your favorite character. <laughs> we, we finally now know that he is actually a bad guy. Actually um, a bad guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is funny in there. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I love some of these moments between, like you said, some of the detectives and things like that. Uh, I like when the three brother detectives in Las Vegas that, you know, once the Dougie's bosses boss leaves, they like start to kind of give the dirt on the, the case finally. But up to that mm-hmm. point are just sort of like silent and not giving him anything. Mm-hmm. And um, the one guy, the one guy's laugh. <laughs> they just they make that guy laugh. laugh yeah like the spine yeah. the, the giggle that the yep. guy has it's just yeah. it's very entertaining it's yeah. very, very fun you get a really good sense of these guys mm-hmm. uh, also um, another really great moment was uh, the interrogation of the matthew lillard character yeah who yeah. um i guess he said that was one of the toughest scenes that he ever filmed yeah just like for what was like what was required of him for it very interesting reveals a lot about you know the world and there's yep. a lot more going on with that, mm-hmm. with what 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 happened with his character than I think a lot of us initially kind of realized that he is very much involved in this uh, in this world of the lodges. Yeah, I yeah. was uh, I was starting to wonder if he was ever going to come back even um, yeah. into the story, but yeah, and he had, yeah he had a great moment. I love that that um, that is a real website that we got to discover. I don't know if you've checked that Was out. Was it? Yeah. I didn't go to it. It is a real website, yeah. It's very, like, um, sort of 90s uh, aesthetic to the website. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, like, <laughs> That's pretty bad. Cool. And it's got some, uh, it's got a few links to things um, since it's kind of like a blog. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty fun, too. Um, a few little fun tidbit details to kind of expand on that. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious how how that all worked, like how they tapped into this different dimension that they were able to go to and find major Briggs. Um, and it sounds like they're, again, there's kind of seems like there's a convergence. They're setting some deadlines that they're, you know, they had this message from the major that the, in, you know, a couple of days they're supposed to go to this place that Bobby knows about. Um, we get a message, you know, that Diane sneaks out that, um, it's like coded. Like, yeah. Like, what was it? It was like, can't remember something about uh the conversation is lively around the table or something like that yeah conversation around the table is lively yeah that was it yeah yeah and then she sends back that you know the matthew lillard character is going to lead them to where this dimension is or something yeah so we have all these things kind of starting to uh to move starting to come together like it feels like it's coming together yeah and I feel like episode eight was like, here's our mythology. We're going to get all that out of the way. And then we're going to just let the human drama of it carry us through the rest of the series, which is very nice. Yeah. I, I actually so. very much appreciate that because I feel like we've got, I feel like we've got all the mythology that we need yep. right now. I think so. Um, I'd be very happy if we didn't ever really need to go back and <laughs> Who need to go see anymore. Yeah. yeah. Because um, I liked, obviously I responded to that. I, obviously I was like, had this like mythological reading of Fire Walk with me and was like fully ready to like bring that into the new series. And now mm-hmm. I like, I'm, I'm satiated. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's stick with the characters. Let's just create these like really excellent dynamics between the characters that we have on screen. Um, yep. Because that's really what's pulling me through the series. It's all like the really like 
excellent moments. Yeah. Like for me, like I, I, I was so excited when Diane showed up. I kind of had a feeling she was going to. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a great reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if you have any other favorite moments. I was going to mention one other one with uh, actually Ben Horn and is it Beverly, his assistant? Yeah, Beverly, um, Ashley Judd character. Yeah, where they're like the first time when they're kind of listening for the sound and they're kind of just moving around the room. It was actually really kind of lovely and and kind of nice. And they the character or the actors seem to really enjoy working together and just being in that scene. And I think it, it kind of came through. But uh, it's kind of one of those little moments that kind of sneaks up that you don't really know what's happening at first, but end up really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still not entirely sure if that's gonna that's gonna have anything <laughs> do anything anything. Yeah. Or the Beverly character, there's a subplot going on with her and yeah, and her husband or her significant other. Right, right. They did yeah. reveal. So who knows? Yeah, there's a lot. They, there's a lot they could potentially go. It's not. It doesn't. I'm still. I still have the feeling that like a lot of it's not going to get wrapped up. Yep. Yeah, there will how be could some. it? Because these a lot of these are just like little like vignettes um, mm-hmm. involving the characters. It just kind of shows where they are. That doesn't necessarily have any bearing. Like thematically, I think like the Doctor Jacoby stuff sort of fits mm-hmm. with like the overall conspiratorial tone, right? Of of the show, right? But other than that, I don't really think there's going to be anything else going on with this. No, characters. we'll just <laughs> hear nice hear him once are. in a while. Yeah. yeah, there does sort of be like. Uh, David Lynch's fixation with like drugs and how they are kind of this downfall of American culture and stuff to mm-hmm. American youth that we see also this sort of sort of drug ring happening in Twin Peaks and this new mm-hmm. drug infiltrating. Um, we get Sky Ferreira, Sparkle. sort of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of seems like she's definitely on something. Um, mm-hmm. And then is it Belthazar Getty? Uh, who, who has this sort of magical moment and also is sort of imposing sort of dark character too. Yeah. Another, like somebody else, uh, another internet commenter uh, sort of yeah. connected that with the magician character, the magician little kid. Like, is that the little oh, kid interesting. that we saw from uh, from the original series and specifically yeah. from Firewalk with from me? From Firewalk with me. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I could see that too. There's certainly that magic element to it. Um, or is it just another one of these like – uh, just a, just a, uh, an interesting character, just to have an interesting character, right? right. Just something for, David for its own sake. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's those it's those tangents that are really making the series for me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the mythology, I'm I feel f- fine with. I don't need any more mythology. Yep. But like these little like character glimpses and these interesting little like kind of non narrative moments, these like kind of anti narrative moments that they mm-hmm. have, like very very fun. Very interesting. Yeah, I know you. You mentioned, uh, you know, the what was it like three minutes of sweeping? Of sweeping uh, the floor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just felt which, like a really long time. Which seemed like, yeah, sort I of. I feel like I'm in on the joke. Like I feel like I get it. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Like I understand. Like I get those scenes. Like I know why they're there. I feel yeah. like I know what they do. And I, and I love that that was sort of like pushing our patience a little bit. And then like mm-hmm. the next episode, though, we get like full you know slow mythology being <laughs> presented mm-hmm. like we're like i'm can't all this mythology yeah it's like something sure. we know yeah almost like almost too much but yep. it's not it's yeah. not too much it's beautiful like those yeah. scenes are incredible yeah like from a cinematic perspective yeah i was gonna mention uh going back to that um we're kind of jumping around but that shot when we see sort of like 
the atomic bomb going off and like the camera is just almost doing like this flyover like through the cloud it was mm-hmm. just really sort of magnificent and and, and uh, stunning in some ways just in how they pulled that off and how it looked. I don't know. I was really impressed by that. Just like the slow tracking shot in on that. It was fun to sort of yeah. go into the past too, to show yeah. this like first the forties, but then the fifties, mm-hmm. the, these like 1950s moments yeah. that are going on and the nostalgia that for, I mean, obviously I was never alive in the 1950s, but yeah. like it produces the sense of nostalgia um, and this idea of Americana that we see, constantly deconstructed in Twin Peaks and in David Lynch's work at large. Yeah. He's so definitely... it was fun to, it was fun to, re, it was fun to visit that, those moments, mm-hmm. kind of like primordial moments in the mythology and in, in David Lynch's mythology as well. Yep. Uh, what do you think of the moment? Um, I think maybe it was two episodes ago where we see Gordon Cole outside with Diane having a smoke and we also see Tammy with them. And there's mm-hmm. just like, you know, very, the thing going on. Yeah. yeah, just like between all three of them, just sort of mostly just staring at each other and Gordon's staring at the cigarette. And what I loved about it is like this sense of just like history between these characters, you know, like obviously mm-hmm. Gordon Cole and Diane have this history that they don't even have to say anything about. And Tammy knows that Gordon has has quit smoking, you know, and so just like these inside things without having to say a lot. Yeah, um, that, it's that also another so one of those examples where it was just a beautifully laid out scene and just fun to mm-hmm. look at and just fun to watch like a painting, yep. you know, like this, like with the street sweeping and the candy yep. and the other like showgirls. Mm-hmm. It's like every once in a while, the series will just, it'll just step back and it'll just have like a scene just for art's sake that you yep. just look at. And that was another one of those examples. Tammy is wonderful to watch in that scene. That you're yeah. Watching. Because yeah. you see, like, all the anxiety that we're feeling, she's feeling. Yeah. You know, she's watching them, and she's trying to figure out why we're here, like, what's going on, you know? Yeah. And it's Gordon's trying to get through to Diane is what it yeah. is. Yeah, and I don't I, – I like to think that David Lynch is this much of a genius using these characters and the actors in the way they did, but I was so sort of focused on Tammy because she was – so uncomfortable and kept changing yeah, positions. So visibly uncomfortable. And then, uh, and then slowly like shifted over to like David Lynch sort of looking back and forth at the cigarette and Diane mm-hmm. and then like asking if he could have, you know, a puff of it. So yeah, I, I, it was just a wonderful kind of interaction all in one shot. Those are, those are great little moments. Anything else you wanted to point out that you're enjoying or wanted to comment on? Uh, we start to kind of wrap up here. Just Harry Dean Stanton's face. Oh, yeah. That's it. He's very enjoyable. Like every time that he shows up, just watching through his eyes is very interesting. He's kind of like cast in this kind of observational mode for us. Yeah. Where we're kind of like seeing things through him. We're seeing, like, he seems to be aware of the undercurrent of what's happening. And mm-hmm. um, just another, another in a series of like really good performance. I'm still very much on board uh, with everything that's happening. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see where it goes. It seems like it, it seems like we're in like full narrative mode right now. That we're kind of like these moments, these mythology, these moments of mythology, uh, digesis, and mm-hmm. um, uh, like there we seem to be stepping back from them a little bit. And I like that. It's got a good forward momentum. Yeah, I don't know how. I feel like all the characters. Like I hope we're not being introduced to too many more characters because I want to see like the lifespan of the ones that we currently have. Right. I want, I want to see what's happening with Shelley. 
Mm-hmm. And even James. Yeah. And like everybody. Like, James, yeah. And I'm, I'm, and I'm dying to see Audrey. Like what is going on? It better be worth it. Because <laughs> right. like Audrey is the best. Yeah. And it just better be worth it that we're yeah. waiting all this time to see Audrey. So that's all. Yeah. Nice. And I um I was thinking I watched the first when we watched the first couple of episodes, I really enjoyed all these moments and I was thinking, can they really pull off it kind of being this unique and interesting and mysterious and fascinating through the whole series? And I didn't know if it'd be able to kind of keep up that momentum. Um I mean like those scenes with the like the glass box in that first episode. Mm-hmm. Which we know Evil Cooper has something to do with now. Yeah, that he has some um, some control with that or was doing something yeah. with it. Uh, plotting, sure. Yeah, but like those were just such fascinating scenes and so unexpected. I mean, going to New York and these high rises and very jarring. Like the yeah, first time you jarring, see yeah. New York, you don't expect yep. like a cityscape. No, in Twin Peaks, right? So I I didn't know if it would be able to keep up that momentum, but it really has. I mean, every episode, I'm just kind of transfixed. And I think every time I kind of think back or look at kind of a recap of the different scenes, I'm just so surprised by what happened. Because I think my first thought is always like, oh, that was it? I just want to see more, you know? But, I, mm-hmm. but then when I always go back and review, I'm like, man, a lot did happen in this episode. And we saw a lot of different people interacting. So it's, uh, it's been fun to kind of, I mean, this, this show really does take a lot of kind of reflection, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing that I like yeah. about it is that we're not able to binge it. Yep. Yep. You know, we can't just sit down and watch it all at once. Yeah. Which I like it. I do enjoy shows that way, but yep. I like I've I I feel like I more so appreciate that we're getting this on a weekly basis when yep. we necessarily wouldn't have to. Yeah, we actually talked about that on my on our last episode. Um mm-hmm. Because I had to watch the last season of The Leftovers and this um, on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so used to just kind of catching things later mm-hmm. or just binging them. But mm-hmm. um, Like I've binged every season of Game of Thrones and this is the first time I've yeah. Game of Thrones. Oh, you're watching it live, yeah. Like as it comes out. Yeah. Not live because I'm still <laughs> streaming. Yeah. Service. Yeah. And I work Sunday nights, so I'm not. <laughs> like I get all, like right. one day during the day is when I watch when it. You watch and it. now I have Twin Peaks and I have Game of Thrones. That's nice. Are gonna be gonna be my Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's it's it is really fun to kind of get those series and both shows I was watching with the leftovers in this um, was commenting that they did really require like digestion that you have to kind of let them uh, linger for a while to think about. It's them. good to let them linger. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about all this binging I've been actually doing, but. Uh, <laughs> Cool. So, um, yeah, we're going to kind of wrap up the conversation for now, but we covered right. a lot. And we'll do another one of these when the series is over. When the series is over. And, yeah. you know, I think we're still waiting for, like we said, everything to come together. So it'll be good to be able mm-hmm. to kind of have that perspective on it. But it's it's definitely been a fun journey so far. Interesting Absolutely. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being on the show again, Ben. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you, Eli. Thanks appreciate for your perspective. Me. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening out there. 